Monica and welcome back to another MCAT master interview. In this series, we basically just talk with MCAT top scorers so we can figure out what helped them most on their journey and spread those tips to you guys. Scoring highly on the MCAT is possible for anyone, so we're going to show you the best ways to go about it. And with that, I'd like to introduce you all to Anne Pino. Welcome to the series, Anne. Hi. We're super excited to hear from you. And before we get started, we also just wanted to give our community a little bit more information about your MCAT background. So as a full-time student, Anne spent the beginning of her MCAT prep balancing studying with her classes. However, two weeks before her test day, she began to realize that she might have just been passively studying because she scored a 501 on one of her practice exams. Upset by the score, she contemplated rescheduling, but had already rescheduled once before, so she decided to push through instead. She worked hard, signed up for tutoring, and most importantly, changed her mindset towards the exam, all this paying off by the time her test date actually came around. So after just two weeks of this intense studying, and with the help of her tutor, Anne was able to increase her score from that initial 501 to a 514 by her test date, which is awesome. That is a 13 point increase within 14 days, which is so impressive. That's what we're all looking for, right? So in this interview, we're gonna launch into understanding how she did this. We're gonna learn more about how she studied, how she increased her score, how she kept herself motivated, how she scheduled her prep, and what strategies she used for each section specifically, and so much more. So with all of that, I think we're ready to go ahead and get started. So Anne, why don't you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about you before we get into the MCAT. Yeah, thank you for that very kind introduction, Monica. <laughs> I am a uh, senior English major with a chemistry minor, and uh, those will be important later on in the interview. I'll explain, um, but I love to read, watch movies, cook, and go on long walks with my dogs. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like you have a lot of interests outside of, you know, the MCAT, and that can always be helpful, especially on that journey. So on that note, what made you want to like start this journey in the first place and become a doctor? Yeah, so I wasn't the same as like a lot of other pre-meds who knew as soon as they like went to the doctor that or when they were really young that they wanted to be a doctor, they knew all their lives. I was kind of like a rolling stone. I went to a vocational high school for architecture, which is very different from medicine. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But then the summer before college, I thought a lot about like what I wanted to do with my life in general, like some of my personal qualities. And after some introspection and a lot of research, I decided that medicine was right for me. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that you came to it a little bit later after like a decision, I always think that's really important because, you know, some people just wake up when they're little and they're like, I'm going to be a doctor later in life. But a lot of those people second guess that. So it's cool that you, you know, consciously made that decision. Thank you. So launching into the MCAT itself, when you first started studying for the exam, what was going on in your life? Like, where were you? So before I started seriously prepping, I would spend so many hours like reading the best ways to study, watching a million YouTube videos. The algorithm is already like personalized to everything MCAT and med school related. So like I was just flooded with all these videos, all these Reddit posts saying like, here's what you need to do. And um, it just felt at the time really good thinking, oh, here is a definitive list of what I need to do. I can definitely do that. But, you know, as time went on, I felt very, very overwhelmed, which I wasn't really prepared for because it's like when you have so many resources available to you, um, I got a little 
bombarded. So Mm -hmm. I plan to study like all summer, two or three months, eight hours a day and take it in the end of August, 2020, um, which obviously did not happen. I canceled it and obviously COVID happened, but it kind of did change everything. And I got really, really burned out. So that was like my first attempt. I didn't actually take the MCAT. And I think around the same time, two weeks before my actual exam, I'm between that critical period, like the last time you can cancel without being charged, I canceled it. And I decided to study during the fall semester and take it in January. And another critical thing that happened because of COVID was that my volunteering and activities stopped and I wasn't able Mm -hmm. to study at my school library like I planned. So a lot of these changes happened. And I mentioned like my volunteering and activities because when you take the MCAT, I really needed like that motivation. And because I got burned out the first time, I think it's because I was only doing MCAT studying. I kind of lost track of like why I was doing it. And, you know, being home was a big kind of big setback. Um, And I adopted a puppy in June and I didn't focus on the MCAT as much as I should have. And I ended up canceling, but I'm really glad that I took it in January and kind of powered through the fall semester. And it was hard, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like we kind of mentioned in your intro, it sounds like, you know, you were a full-time student, you were doing all these other things. So that can be really difficult. But did you find that it was kind of helpful? Because you were saying like, maybe it was kind of like a palate cleanser kind of thing for the MCAT. Yeah, I think it gave me a little bit more structure. Um, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of other pre-meds are very type A and they love to plan. And if I could, I'd planned every minute of my day down to a T. So I think the summer, everything was kind of just, there was no schedule, but I guess, you know, because in the fall I have my classes, I have work. So I really like had to say to myself, okay, this time frame, I really can't do anything else because I don't have time. So I need it to be for the MCAT. So I think having that structure during the fall semester was really good. And um, the, obviously the break after the fall semester, that dedicated month of studying, um, it was really intense and it was really hard, but I think it's what I needed to kind of like light a fire and say, hey, you need to do this. You have no time, no excuse. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that structure always helps. So yeah, that's a perfect segue as well, because I was also going to ask, how did you come up with your MCAT study plan? And so this could be like day to day, but also like as a whole, like month to month kind of thing. Yeah. So I actually worked backwards from my actual exam date. So I took it in January a little bit earlier than I would like. But um, one of the things you have to adapt for when you're taking the MCAT is the unexpected. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I learned after I took it. But yeah, I I was supposed to take it later on in January, give me like an extra week. But, you know, it filled up so fast. So I just chose my date and then I worked backwards from there. Um, I found it really helpful to use as much as my resources as possible. Um, I, there's pre-made schedules online and I found those really helpful and being like mentally flexible and kind of personalizing it. It's like, okay, this person said they use this, but I don't really like that source. Instead, I'm going to use this and, you know, sticking to that schedule. I found like, especially in the last two weeks, because I feel like that's when I really ramped it up. And that's the reason why I was able to improve my score in so short amount of time, being mentally mm-hmm. flexible, like knowing how to draw the line between, I really have to get this specific thing done today for is, you know what, I can actually do this tomorrow. I think that that was really important to help me stay on track. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) So on the note of the study plan, did you have a set score goal that you were trying to reach in a certain amount of time too? 
Uh, yeah, I actually did. I, I really wanted a 515. And the thing about like the internet is that a lot of the results are kind of skewed. So it, it creates kind of like a really bad mindset. Like you need to have a 528 or some absurd 99th percentile score. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're a failure. And I, I definitely fell into that. And there's a lot of anxiety that goes into this exam. But if I could go back, I would tell myself to just relax because it is a very mental exam. So as I began studying, like I really wanted that 515 plus, And I initially thought like the higher the MCAT, the better, which in a sense is true, but the process is so, so complicated. No one really knows. Mm -hmm. um, so you're just your M score. MCAT score doesn't, has no guarantees. So I was scoring low on my AMC practice exams. And since I live in a fairly competitive region, I thought, you know, if I could score at least a 515, that would be nice. But it also depends on a lot of factors, like where you want to apply, what you want to do, and even where you live. So, Right, definitely. And I think it's good that you bring up this whole, yeah, the skewed thing that's online and how easy it is to like compare yourself to those people mm -hmm. um and that's not super productive in a lot of cases um it can be motivating but it can also be like terrifying so yeah I'm glad that you brought that up because like you said it's a mindset thing so in regard to your prep just like generally speaking was there a certain way that you approached like doing content review as opposed to practice um as you went Yes. So in the beginning I did. So I spent a lot of money on a course and I, I just basically watched videos, but I didn't realize, like you said, I was just passively watching it. But what I really should have been doing was, you know, only spending two to three weeks max on content review. Um, what I did end up doing was I did spend a week refreshing content, but I read from a textbook. Um, so one of the big brands is Kaplan and thankfully I didn't have to pay for it. A friend, it was kind of a hand-me-down from a friend. But like I said, just because like the masses like it, it might not work for you. This is a very personal process. Um, I, it didn't vibe with me very well, if <laughs> I'm using the right term. So I thought like, you know, let me use this prep company's books. And I actually really liked it. And it was really easy for me to understand and to read and learn from. So I spent like about exactly one month. I spent a week just doing content and the rest was all practice. Like I really, really drilled as much practice as I could before my actual exam date. Yeah, that makes sense. Practice is so vital to like building endurance and learning new strategies. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So in the last, you know, little segment, you were mm -hmm. mentioning some of the resources that you used. What other materials and resources did you use and which did you find the most helpful? Yes. So I used UWorld, which is um, expensive, but uh, it was really, really helpful. And I wish if I can go back, I would kind of use it more. But UWorld was really important and it showed like how to kind of tackle the MCAT a little bit better. And it definitely showed up in my psych and social section. I wouldn't get that score without UWorld. So I definitely mm -hmm. have to credit that every good thing they say about it is true. Um, I also use Next Step slash Blueprint practice exams. Um, they are difficult, but um, I really like them. I think they're the most representative compared to uh, Kaplan and um, the Princeton Review. And I found a bunch of free half links early on. There's a lot of free resources, which I, if I could stress that to students who's taking the MCAT, not to waste the absurd amount of money that I did, because you really don't need every single resource there. You just need a few things that works for you. Um, I wish I knew that early on, and I, I kind of hope I can help everyone save a little bit of money. YouTube mm -hmm. is also a great resource I use for any 
topic, even strategy, YouTube is really great. And it's actually how I found MCAT Master in the first place. So don't underestimate YouTube. And I also, of course, use the official AAMC bundle. If you don't want to get anything, you have to get the AMC practice material. I feel like that's the most accurate and representative. And I also used Anki, but only for Psych and Soch. Yeah, yeah, that was all such great advice. I feel like I definitely get what you're saying about, and you were mentioning this in the beginning too, like the process can be really overwhelming at the start. There's so many resources to choose from and you can end up spending like so much money on this process. So free resources all the way if you can, as well as, you know, AMC, um, if you're going to get something and other things if you need them. But that's, that's great. So in regard to your prep journey as a whole, again, so speaking more generally, what do you think were your biggest challenges and struggles with the exam? And how did you kind of overcome those? Yeah, I think the biggest challenges were more mental than Mm -hmm. physical, which really surprised me. Um, you know, along with like a, a lot of my peers and other pre-meds, I'm really motivated and I hold myself to a really high standard, but being mentally fresh and staying motivated after studying so hard for the week only to get a low practice exam score, like it really hurts. And, and I felt that and I was in a bad place. Honestly, if it was kind of toxic to think if I don't get a sc- certain score, I basically failed and I need to be studying for 12 hours a day, no matter what. I think if I can like, this is a mental exam, which I haven't heard from a lot of people until I basically talked to my tutor that you need to be mentally fresh and you need to be really kind to yourself and I think speaking to my you know, my support system my friends my family having someone even saying to yourself that you can do this you know and being a little bit kinder to myself and having to overcome that kind of voice of doubt that I'm sure that we all have in different ways I think overcoming that is the first step to improving your MCAT score in such a short amount of time and the day I woke up and I changed my mental state and I woke up every day thinking here's what I need to do. I'm going to accomplish it. Like I can do it. It sounds cheesy. And I really (laughs) thought it wasn't going to work, but it it really did work. And I thought about like my own experiences and like, you know what, I can do it because I've done this. I've done X, I've done Y, I've done Z. And I hyping yourself up, it makes such a difference. I really want to stress that being kind to yourself, staying positive is so important when you're taking an exam like the MCAT. Oh, for sure. And, you know, as a psychology major myself, do you (laughs) mind? Your mind is so powerful and can do so many things for you. So just like shifting that even a little bit can affect huge things like the MCAT. And this exam, like you said, is kind of an individualized journey for everyone. And you learn so much from it. Like this can be applied to your life, like all these things about being kind to yourself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's great advice. So you kind of mentioned your tutor a little bit in that last part. So let's launch into that a little bit more. So tell us about your tutoring experience. How was your tutor and like, what were the ways I guess that she helped you the most? Yeah, my tutor was like really great. She was fantastic. And it's it was honestly a big relief to have someone on the outside tell me what mistakes I was making and how to improve and how to do it really quickly. And she also helped me relax a lot (laughs) indefinitely. I was on panic mode in those last two weeks. When I scored that 501, I'm two weeks before my exam date. I thought, oh my gosh, like, like, this is it. What can I do? And then she kind of calmed me down. And she's the one who told me how like your mental state will improve your score, but you need to like, 
like relax a little. Um, so she was very, very helpful. And one of the things like that she did probably the end is the most important time of your MCAT studying, but you don't want to burn out right at the end. That's mm-hmm. the most important time. That's when you need to kind of take a deep breath and which she urged me to do, even though I was really resistant at first, but thankfully I, I listened. I said, let's give it a try. And, and it actually worked. It made my studying a little bit actually enjoyable. And she actually suggested I do because I was running out of time. So maybe a lot of people will relate. Maybe a lot of people won't. But I was really caught off guard how quickly time passed. And I was in a time crunch. And she actually suggested I take one less practice exam and take the day before the exam completely off. And it sounded crazy, but that was exactly what I needed. I ended up scoring higher in my exam than all my other practice exams because I was so mentally refreshed after studying every single day for two weeks really intensely. And part of the reason why I was scoring so low in the first place was because I didn't even have a strategy. So she helped me with that. And I I didn't even realize like, wait, you need a strategy to do this? And she was like, yes. And then she really helped me. And it's really comforting to know that someone who's done it before and succeeded was able to help me in specific ways. Right, right. It's all part of this like support thing and the mindset thing, like all these themes that you keep bringing up, which are vital to this exam, even if it's like not talked about that much. So this is a a follow up question for that. You know, a lot of students think about getting tutoring and like aren't sure about Mm -hmm. it. So what advice would you have for students who are interested in tutoring, but don't know how to like maximize the service, I guess, for themselves? Yeah, so I would say be really honest with your tutor. So everyone is different. Don't be kind of like scared or apprehensive. I would say keep an open mind. If you go on forums, they're going to say, you don't need a tutor. You don't need a prep course. You can do it all by yourself. And you need to know yourself kind of to take this exam. Like I knew I didn't want to reschedule. I didn't want to cancel. Time was running out. And, you know, uh, money is definitely an option. But I think I really wanted tutoring because I wanted to get that outside voice. And I was very, very vocal with my tutor. I emailed her even before our session. And she was very responsive, which I really love. Like we didn't just talk about tutoring, but I said, Hey, can you look at my schedule? Is this okay? And she was like, yeah, this is great. And I asked her a little bit about like the admissions process. And I think being honest and being open to criticism and kind of being like a sponge because you are getting outside help, I think is really, really, really important, especially when you do tutoring. So it's definitely a case by case. But for me, it really, really did help because I learned things that I didn't even know that I didn't know. So that's one of the really great benefits of tutoring. If you can do it, I would say, yeah, it's, it's such a great help. And if you think about it in the long term, it's a really small investment compared to everything else and your long journey. And it's only going to help you, you know. So, yeah, if you're apprehensive, like think to yourself. And um, the great thing about MCAT Mastery is that you can email your tutor and it's like a real person. You don't feel scared and it's very open and comfortable. Right. Yeah. Thanks for expanding on that a little bit. Tutoring can be kind of intimidating sometimes. So I just wanted to like pick your brain a little bit more about that. So in regard to your score increase, um, we've kind of talked about it a little bit already, Mm -hmm. but what advice would you have for students who only have like a really short amount of time left and aren't sure what to do to increase their score? 
Yeah. So a big thing that helped me is to do as much practice as you can and to be a little bit more specific. What I mean by practice is the AMC material like practice section banks. I think using those. So those are definitely more difficult slash pretty on par with the MCAT in my own experience. Um, I think just drilling through them, like even if you kind of if you kind of remember the answer, but others, it's impossible to remember all the answers. So just keep drilling those AMC material, like do it over and over again, like understand why every single answer is wrong. And if you see a term and it's not even the answer, but it's still there. So kind of fall into the rabbit hole, like, okay, well, what does this mean? Or why isn't this the answer? Let me search up this topic and doing a lot of that practice and section banks and kind of like preparing your mind to encounter things that you don't know were really hard passages. You like really need to do that. That's what I did in my last two weeks and it ended up working really well. Um, yeah, just focusing on the section banks and a lot of practice right before and so that you're kind of mentally primed. Yeah, definitely. The practice, like completely mm -hmm. critical. Yeah. Um, and so that's really cool how those last two weeks you were able to see such a tangible increase with those like practice yeah. materials that you were doing. That's really awesome. Okay. So moving into your specific scores on the specific section. So, um, your highest score was in psych. So you got a 131 there, um, which is amazing. So how did you study for that section specifically? Yeah, thank you. So uh, for that section, I my biggest advice first off would be not to dismiss it as the easiest section of the MCAT. There is no easiest section. That rumor early on really hurt me in my studying. And so I was able to get my um, second social score to increase when I started taking it just as seriously as CARS or the other science sections. So I used Anki and I did Anki like every single day. Honky is a really good, valuable online flashcard resource, and it's kind of the reason why I did so well. And I also reviewed the 86-page Khan Academy document, which you can find online. There is also a, like, I think a 300 or 100 page, so it's, it's really up to you, but I used that. I kind of took notes on concepts that kind of look or sound the same, but have different meanings. So that's specifically like not only knowing the terms, but being able to compare term A versus term B, especially for second social was very, very important because that actually showed up on my exam day to be like, hey, I know this term. And even though it sounds like the right answer, it can't be because of X, Y, and Z. And just knowing that MCAT knowledge comes with practice. So I think UWorld was definitely very helpful in psych and social, knowing terms and basically taking your time is really important to a high score. Yeah, those are all really like practical and concrete tips, which um, students <laughs> are going to find helpful. So that's awesome. So your next high score was a 129 in cars. So a lot of students struggle mm -hmm. with this section. So that's a really impressive score. Um, how did you study there? And what advice would you have for struggling students? Yeah, so CARS is challenging no matter what your major is or your background. Um, mm -hmm. This is kind of one of those slow burn things. I studied doing one Jack Weston passage in the beginning. Then Jack Weston is also a free resource. So as you can tell, I'm all about what you can get for free. And then a month out from my exam, I was doing about two to three Jack Weston passages. And I slowly started timing them. Um, a good rule of thumb is if you can do it under 10 minutes, that would be very ideal. 
And then as I got closer, I would do three to four AAMC passages. And the good thing, I think they just put out like a new resource. So it's even more cars practice. And I use that to my advantage. And I'm kind of really glad that they did that. And it's more like the how the Khan Academy cars the format, but with the AMC like representation, which is nice. And then I did five AMC passages two weeks before my exam. So that's basically almost 50 minutes to an hour I would spend in the morning doing cars. And my advice would be to spend time early on in your studying, if you can, trying different strategies and then choosing one and sticking with it. Cars is one of those sections that you really, that they, it really takes time and you won't see results after one day or even one week. Um, so you really need to stick with it. And a big thing in my head was that even though I was still getting some questions wrong, I still did the same strategy every single day. And I kind of worked towards that and I stuck with it. And I think that's important, especially with cars. And um, yeah, it'll show on your exam day. Don't change your strategy. I know a lot of my friends, like they actually changed their car strategy the day of, which is not a good idea. Um, and make sure you know the main idea after every passage too. That was helpful. Yeah, yeah, those individualized strategies and sticking with it, changing it the day of that's kind of stressful. Um, But you know, some people panic like that happens. So yeah, try to stick with it if you can, for sure. So it looks like your bio biochem and chem and phys were tied for next, actually. So let's start with bio biochem. What did you do to study for that section? So that section I really struggled with because I wasn't very familiar. I've never read like scientific journals and seen graphs like that and and read like scientific jargon like that intense and high level before. So that section I really struggled with and I worked a lot with my tutor. And basically what I did was I kind of realized it's less about pure memorization from bio biochem and it was a lot of critical thinking. So my strategy was that I kind of, I've, since I'm a senior, I kind of took all my prereqs already and I've already taken biochem and bio and I did well. So I was like, you know, why am I still not getting this? And that's when my strategy really came out and why I was able to do better than I did on my early full length exams. I read the question first and then I kind of thought, okay, so what could the possible answer be? And then I would think about that answer that in my head and then look in the answer choices, if any of that matched, then sometimes it would work because uh, you don't need the passage. But if I did need the passage, then I would go back to a specific section. And if it was a graph, I would analyze that. Or if it was a specific part of the passage, I would go back. So that specific strategy was really, really helpful because I was running out of time and therefore mm-hmm. losing a lot of points um, during my practice because I was trying to read and under really understand and internalize the entire passage and all the graphs and figures when really you just need to know how to answer the questions. Yeah, definitely. That's a strategy in and of itself. And um, you really don't need the entire passage. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to stress over it. So yeah, that's great advice for that section. Um, With chem and phys, so moving on to that section, Mm -hmm. how did you study there? And did you find that there were similarities, like as in like a similar strategy to biobiochem? Yeah, so I actually did use, I used the same one. I tried to answer, read the question, answer in my head and see if any of the answer choices like matched if it was possible and, you know, refer back to the passage. But I think for campus section specifically, like I said, practice, I think that's the moral of this, of this story, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of practice, especially with physics. And because I was kind of like 
it was like crunch time. I had like two weeks to a month. I couldn't fit um, all the, every single piece of advice that I heard, which was you need to memorize all these formulas, just jam them into your head. You need to write things down beforehand. And I was like, you know, I, I couldn't do it. So I really had to go down to the essentials, which is the very basic chem content. Just know it really, really, really well. And the lab methods. So that's what I focused on. And for physics, I did a lot of practice problems and I focused more on relationships. Like what does volume have to do with pressure? Like how do, what happens if you hyperventilate? How does that change? Like whether blood is acidic or basic rather than, you know, the five kinematic equations, which of course I memorized them, but not some of those oblique equations that everyone says to memorize. I'm loving this like really specific advice. I feel like that's going to be super helpful. And yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) no, it definitely will be. Chem and Fizz is another one kind of like cars that we see a lot of students struggling with. Things like that, small things they can do, tips that, you know, Mm -hmm. can help them. Anything is helpful. So awesome. Moving on to your actual MCAT test day itself. Just like walk us through that day. How are you feeling? And just Mm -hmm. how did it go in general? Yeah, so my MCAT day actually started the day before. So um, I mentioned I always plan on taking the day before completely off, but because of my low practice exam scores, I was completely comfortable going like, you know, I need to study right up before the very day of my actual exam. But I'm really glad that my tutor said, you know, what, like take that day to be as mentally fresh as possible. Like I can't stress that enough. And so basically the day before I I took off, I just did one cars passage and then I practiced driving to my testing center. And I'm really glad I did that because it actually took me 45 minutes just to find the building. So don't take that practice drive for granted. It's very important. Um, And I can only imagine how panicked and how that would have like really affected my score if it was the actual exam day. So Mm -hmm. that's that's my advice. And I, I relaxed and I made sure I got a really good night's sleep. So then my actual exam day, you can imagine I was in a better mood because I wasn't studying to the max. I woke up my own normal time. I ate a healthy breakfast and I casually skimmed over the rest of my Kaplan quick sheets that I had. Um, Just very, not, not too hardcore. Like I said, I wanted to stay mentally positive and mentally fresh and just read over my strategies. I also Um, printed out this little score report that MCAT Mastery gave me the idea to do with my ideal score and my my target score. I just looked at it and I visualized a good score and I listened to a feel-good playlist and I just bombarded myself with really positive thoughts. I think that's so, so, so important. It sounds cheesy saying it out loud, but these little things really did add up because I wasn't walking in really nervous and shaking and going like, oh my God, oh my God, this is it. I was like smiling. I was really friendly to the security guard who let me in. And I was like excited, like, this is what I've been working for. I can do this. Like, you know, it's just a number, but I've worked really hard and it's time to show like that I did work really hard and that I do deserve this and I earned it. Yeah. I think that's a great mindset to have. And like, you can never underestimate how much that's going to affect you because it really, it really, really does help. So yeah, now we can like move on to after the exam. So walking out of there, like, how did you feel and how was it waiting for your score to come back? 
Yeah, I felt um, after I felt really relieved just to be done with it. I so during my exam, actually, I got this tip from watching tennis. I am kind of glad we wear masks now um, because I actually smiled a lot during my exam, even when I really did not feel like it. But I said, "Okay, here's the first campus question smile and I was like oh my god because it kind of forces you to um when I used to play tennis my coach would be like smile smile when he can tell that I was getting frustrated and that I wasn't like hitting the ball right and I remember that for my MCAT and it was very very helpful so I think just forcing myself to smile going to the bathroom and doing that little like Wonder Woman position it was really helpful so that after my exam I didn't feel like oh my god I bombed it I felt like yeah I, I did the best that I could and I'm really relieved it's over and I'm really happy so yeah I didn't feel that obviously I felt a little anxious I was like okay I want my score right now like I want to see how other people did but I didn't feel like sick to my stomach right yeah that's good like, <laughs> I want that so that shows that you were kind of you know mentally healthy as you were walking out yeah. of it, which is good <laughs> yeah. um, so what was it like getting your score back yeah, I was actually in the middle of class when I got my score back. So I wanted to wait, but I really couldn't help myself. So as I said earlier, and I think it's really important for like other pre-meds, if they're really nervous and have really hold themselves to such high standards like I do, and it's kind of, it kind of gets really stressful, but I was really dead set on getting a 515 plus or else a retake, but I ended up getting a 514. And even though it's one point away, like I was really, really proud of myself because being one point short, obviously it was a little disheartening in the beginning, but I thought about that. I said, oh my gosh, this is like the highest I've ever scored looking back at my exam scores and I look back at my schedule and I think oh my gosh like how was I even able to do that and I was really proud and really happy with my score and, and my hard work and it was really good to kind of like see that I was able to work hard and all that hard work wasn't for nothing and that a positive mindset really can get you far and I looked at my school list and that score is actually pretty perfect for where, where I want to apply to and it's you know you should be proud of yourself no matter what score you get that you are able to sit down and force yourself to study for this beast of an exam that not many students can do you know not many people can do so no matter what your score like I said like be kind to yourself and you worked hard and you deserve this you know to be happy and kind of like oof, take a deep breath. Yeah, I love that. You know, a 514 is a really, really great score. And it's really hard to like put pressure on yourself and say, oh, it could have been this and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. But, you know, being proud of yourself just for sitting down is, is mm -hmm. super important as well. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I guess going forward um, with your future, what are you planning to do from here? Yeah, in the short term, like I'm getting ready to graduate and preparing my med school application and and hopefully um, in five years, I can look back and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was so worried about the MCAT. <laughs> and it was, I hope that I can realize it's just a little blip in, in my life and just a short amount of period. And in 10 years, obviously I hope I'm like a practicing physician and a doctor. And I just hope that other students listening to this can kind of relax a little and not be so pressured and nervous like I was in the beginning. So hopefully I'm like helping some people, which is ideally what I like to do like every day of my life. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of students are going to find this helpful. Um, you know, even just, you know, finding this comforting because you were able to increase and you did make it out the other side and all these yeah. things. 
the MCAT is not the end of the world, even though it feels like it. Yeah, well, I think that's all we have time for. But thanks so much, Anne, for like sitting down and walking us through your journey. It's been thank like you. full of so many helpful tips. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, and good luck with everything going forward. And to all our listeners from Anne and I, we just want to say again, you guys got this. Happy studying and don't give up. Push through. You guys can do this. Hey everyone, this is Monica again. And before you go, I just want to remind you that if you're not receiving our daily free MCAT strategy and success story emails yet, definitely be sure to sign up for those at mcatmastery.net slash free course. In addition to that, if you feel like you might need personalized help with the exam and would like to have an MCAT mentor kind of look at your situation and help you identify exactly what's holding your score back, you can look into that too at mcatmastery.net slash mcatmentors. And lastly, and most importantly, we just want you guys to know that you have what it takes to succeed on this exam. We know the MCAT is intimidating, and when you get a score that's lower than you expected on a practice or on the real thing, it's so easy to feel discouraged or frustrated or even hopeless about the exam. We get it. A lot of us have been there. So we want to give you the guidance that we wish we'd had when we were in your shoes. And that's what these interviews are for. That's what our emails are for. We want you guys to be able to feel confident again. And most importantly, be able to see that med school admission is possible. And it's not out of your reach at all. So thanks again for listening. And remember that every top scorer, every med student, and every doctor made it through this journey. So you can do it too. You guys got this. Thank you.